Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm super excited. I have Malia right on with me, and she is in Ayurveda school with me, and so um, I'm really excited to chat Ayurveda and change the seasons and really dive deep into this topic. So I'm going to kind of ask you a couple like quick get-to-know-you questions, Malia. Yeah. So the first one, I'm really excited because I... I kind of know this from just our conversations that we've had before, but what is your favorite subtopic of Ayurveda? Ooh, that's a really good question. Subtopic. I mean, I, I kind of geek out about the way that um, disease moves through the body. <laughs> I know it's kind of like an intense subtopic, but I think it just mostly blows my mind that um, – there are certain things that we can notice very simply, like in our digestive system, that will be the first signs of how disease or how dosha or um, the elements are moving through our body. And so it kind of, I think that's like the most mind blowing thing of how we can recognize diseases where I feel like in a more Western perspective, it's just like, oh my gosh, what's happening with my body? I don't know. I need to fix it now. And I really geek out about how disease moves through the body. <laughs> I, that was not what I thought you were going to say. So I, Really? Oh, I'm curious what you thought I was going to say. I was thinking like, like self-care, like a gentle, and you're like, no, we're just going. No, like, I'm like disease. I think that's mostly what blows my mind. But I would say probably if you were kind of more of a personal, um, a more personal answer is yes. I do love the self-care elements to it. I love um, just recognizing how to tune into myself and how to listen to what I need and help people listen to what they need. And, um, and I love the massages mm, yes. <laughs> and all the oil and just relationship to what we're doing. But I think you know, my immediate response to your question was like, what's blowing my mind right now? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and that kind of goes well with my next one is what is your favorite daily self-care practice? Mm, let's see. I really love to sit with my hot water and lemon in the morning and look outside at the sky or at the trees and, um, or just kind of like taking little moments to to break up my day into looking at nature. Um, there's something that I always feel like, oh yeah, I'm here right now. Like, I mean, probably for you too, we spend a lot of time on the internet and we spend a lot of time on screens and, and it can be just such like a breath of fresh air. But I would definitely say that. And also uh, I would say massaging my body in oil. I love that so much, doing the practice of Abhyanga. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. So I want to know now, how do you end your day? Mm, how do I end my day? Well, it's so interesting. And maybe this is something that will come up in conversation, but having a partner or a family where sometimes your days end not in the rhythm that you'd wish they'd end. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so I think there's, there are two different ways I like to end my day. One day is if I have like everything on my own terms <laughs> and I love to make some golden milk or a cup of tea. And I love to like turn the lights down and like candles and use essential oils and put them on my body and on my pillow and read. And I'm, I'm like the kind of person that, uh, 
I, I have a really hard time reading fiction mm. stories. And so I really enjoy reading nonfiction. So it's kind of hilarious. But a lot of my books are like Awakening Shakti and Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life and Women Who Run With the Wolves. those. Yes. All yeah. of those. All three of those. Yes. And I love like, I love the books that are just kind of like empowerment of understanding your body and your understanding your heart and understanding your spirit and connecting to the most authentic you. And that like really soothes me into a nice slumber. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But that, I would say that's an ideal, but a lot of times, you know, being with my partner, we, we will like to, you know, watch a funny show or something like that. And it's kind of like the time we have together. And I really appreciate that for what it is too. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh, I know I, my husband's sometimes home at night when I'm still up, but cause he's usually working late and I go to bed so early that it's, mm-hmm. that's where I appreciate that too. Cause I'm like, okay, what show are we watching? We've like, maybe we'll catch a show and then we won't see it again for another month. And that's just yeah. how we work. So it's like, those are like the cherished time where you're like, well, oh, it's kind of nice just to get to hang out. Exactly. Exactly. Even if it is like a small amount of time, it's the same, it's the same way with us. So he wakes up very early. And so, um, we just kind of have like a small amount of time before he goes to bed and then I go to bed like an hour after. And so it's really interesting to see that dynamic and, and notice what's precious. Mm, I love it. Well, I want to know now just like a little bit more about you and, um, kind of your story with Ayurveda, how it came into your life. For sure. So, um, it really started about, let's say, oh, what, what? It's 2019 now. <laughs> I almost said 2011. Um, I'm like, yeah, what? I, I really Jeez, don't know a year. I can't believe it's almost 2020. Um, oh. But I was really introduced to Ayurveda when I started my yoga teacher training and my 200 hour. And that was the first time. Well, actually, no, rewind. That was not the first time I heard about it because this is an even better story. (laughs) But I was in college and I took a class that's called Eastern Concepts of Health and Healing. Ooh, that's amazing. I think everyone should have it in every school and everyone should have to take it Um, because we learned about um, holistic healing and you know, Monsanto and what was going on with agriculture. And we learned about traditional Chinese medicine and yoga and meditation and Ayurveda. And, you know, we had like each week was a little bit different, but it was all about recognizing more Eastern concepts of holistic healing that were um, around the world. And at that time, I mean, being 19 years old, I had no idea. Now I think it's more common to hear about these things, but at the time, I had no idea what any of these things were. You know, you know about yoga, but that's about it. And so it was really powerful. But we had an Ayurveda class one day and we all took quizzes. <laughs> and um, I remember at the time I was in, I was studying acting and, you know, there's a lot of focus on appearance when you're an actor. And um, I remember taking the quiz and it said that I was kappa or I had the dosha kappa predominantly in me. Mm. I didn't use words like that predominantly. (laughs) I was like, I'm kappa or kappa. And um, I, uh, (laughs) I remember taking that quiz and I was like, but that means I'm like overweight and big boned and 
lethargic. And I was like, what? Like, I don't like any of these things. I want to be Vata mm-hmm. and skinny and beautiful, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like light and artistic. And, um, but I just remember having a negative connotation with what my experience was with it. And I remember looking at a list of foods. We all got a list of foods of what we weren't allowed to eat and what we were allowed to eat. And it said I couldn't eat avocados. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to follow this. So that was the first time I ever heard about Ayurveda. <laughs> Here I am years later. Um, no, but I, I moved to New York after I graduated and was living out there and acting and I was working 60 hours a week and, you know, working in restaurants and I was constantly on my feet and eating salads in the middle of winter. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can probably guess what my imbalance was <gasps> in that constant go, 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 that change of environment. And I was predominantly, um, had a vata imbalance of that air and ether and just that change and anxiety and, uh, depression and dry skin and constipation and gas and you know like the whole gamut was all over me and um which is very much the opposite of the earthy watery kapha nature and so I was like I don't know what this Ayurveda thing is and I ended up getting a, a mini session with this woman and who's an Ayurvedic practitioner and she um she was like do you eat a lot of raw, raw foods or raw vegetables. And I was like, yeah, I eat like salads probably like once a day just to get some greens. And she was like, Mm-mm, stop eating salads. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was like January, dead of winter. <laughs> like stop eating salads. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And I, she said, eat cooked foods, eat warm foods. And I was like, okay. And so um, that's what I started doing. And it was like night and day the amount of pain that I had in my stomach and my digestive system totally shifted. And like, I used to think that I would, I had um, both acid reflux and heartburn and all of those things and gas and constipation. So it was flip-flopping back and forth, which is very much like change, mobile, vata, like all of these things that are going back and forth. And, um, I thought that I would have acid reflux for the rest of my life. I thought that I would have gas every time I ate for the rest of my life. I just accepted that that was what I was going to have for the rest of my life. And so to have this small amount of information to eat warm cooked foods was kind of magical. <laughs> you know, they're like, I think that's the magic around Ayurveda is you can change small, little subtle things and it makes the hugest difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then I was like, I gotta, I gotta find out more about this. And so I just kept on getting my hands on anything I could. And, and that's how I ended up with you, my dear. Oh. <laughs> how did you know to like go to an Ayurvedic practitioner in New York? Was it just like on a whim or like, how did you decide like, let's just try this out? So, um, my yoga studio was, so like I, I had learned a little bit about Ayurveda in my 200 hour yoga teacher training and, um, was a, a little bit familiar, but only to the standards of like, Oh, this is my body frame. And this is, you know, the doshas in yeah. relation to my body. And, um, but not any, anything that was remotely practical Mm -hmm. um, that I could apply at that time. Like I didn't put two and two together. 
That, yeah. I was the same. I was hoping yeah. to learn a ton. That's why I did my yoga teacher training to learn about Ayurveda. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is it? That's all I got? That was I kind of my all experience. you got is like, this is my dosha. It was like six hours of training. And I was yeah, like, this what? is it? I like already knew this stuff. I'm like, okay, I got to go I a little know. bit more in depth. <laughs> exactly. So my school in um, my studio in New York, um, Ishta Yoga, whom I love, they, uh, their whole foundation is based off of Tantra, Hatha, and Ayurveda. Mm. And so there's a big understanding of how Ayurveda plays a huge role in how we practice yoga. And, um, and then they had like, um, I think it was like a, like a fair or like a wellness day or something at the studio where they had, you know, somebody with essential oils and doing like little aromatherapy treatments and somebody doing like tiny little marma treatments and somebody doing tiny little 15 minute Ayurvedic consultations. And that was what I did. (laughs) So I was like, woo, this is free. 15 minutes. Why not? And little did I know that it would change my life. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it is sometimes it's those little things where you're like, oh, who knew like this was forever. Like now my new path. Mm -hmm. So, um, with Ayurveda now, like what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned? Hmm. Well, I think especially in our school that we have trained in, I think this is this answer is kind of a combination of Ayurveda, but also in the style that we've learned mm. is um, is that we start making choices from a place of love. And when we come to this radical awareness and this radical self-love and time to be in tune with ourselves, that is when we start to make choices that serve us. And I think in regards to Ayurveda, you can say all day, hey, don't eat avocados. It will increase the kapha in your system or whatever. But am I going to stop eating avocados? No. (laughs) Until I'm like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't feel right to eat avocados for my body because it's too heavy or too dense and that doesn't serve me. That relationship of recognizing, oh, how am I meeting the beauty of what this world has to show me or what Ayurveda has to show me, or, you know, my relationships with people have to show me. How am I coming to this with this awareness of what is my medicine? What serves me? What, what is not going to serve me? And, and if I do to make a choice to do something that maybe is fun or rogue or, you know, off of that perfect sattvic blissful path. It's jumping into it with a knowledge and intention of this. I'm holding space for myself to do this. Like I was teaching a workshop the other, an Ayurveda 101 workshop the other day and ice cream came up a lot. I don't know why, but we talked a lot about ice cream because people (laughs) love ice cream and I love ice cream. And this one woman was saying, oh, well, you know, if you need to eat some more sweeter foods, which Ayurvedically speaking, that's like sweet root vegetables or like grains or it doesn't necessarily mean sugar. Um, but if you're eating sweeter foods, you can just eat ice cream. <laughs> and I was like, yes, but no, but yes, but no. Yes. <laughs> You know, you can't say, you know, I'm not going to tell you, no, don't eat ice cream because I want you to experience the pleasures of life. Yeah. 
But notice the difference between am I experiencing this ice cream with a full heart and loving knowledge that I'm going to enjoy this the most right now? Or am I eating ice cream because it's filling a hole for myself or I feel like I need to feel supported or I need it to make me feel happier or I need it to make me feel a certain way. And so it's understanding those relationships of how we can really enjoy everything of this life, um, but notice where it serves us, where it, it, it helps us become more aware of ourselves and more in alignment with ourselves. Mm, yes. Speak in my language. Yeah, I know. Cause we, we know girl. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and anyone's listening, it's Katie Silcox. Um, it's like a feminine form of Ayurveda and that's the school that we've been going to now for the last couple of years. So if anyone's listening, they're like, oh, tell me more about this. That's where you can yeah. find out more information, which Malia actually talks to people who want to join the school. So, you know, I have to say it's kind of one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. <laughs> I get on the phone and I, I ask people what they're passionate about and hear, hear about their stories. And then we just chat and it's like, Oh my gosh, you could just do that all the time, every single day. Like no problem. I love hearing about everyone's different stories and I'm sure you get to do that here on the podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's for listening to that. And my clients and I am a people person. I just love to talk with people and get to know people and, my mother and I both <laughs> were saying at uh, dinner, we're like, oh, we love small talk. I just love getting to know people. And, you know, my sister-in-law's like, oh my gosh, I absolutely hate it. I'm like, yeah. no wonder you two get along because you guys can just chat. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I just, well, well, cause then usually if you, you know, start talking to people, they start opening up and then you start getting to the good stuff. So I'm like, yes, start to it. <laughs> yes. My dad always says there's no such thing as a line to be waiting in a line because you just start talking to the people around you. Yes. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so fun. It's become like a running joke in our family though, because sometimes he, he does love to talk to people, love to talk to strangers way too often. (laughs) (laughs) I can, yes. My son is like that. And at three already loves to chat. So I, yeah. Yeah. I I remember meeting him virtually. Yes. I know. He introduced himself to everyone. Yeah. We were on Zoom and he's like, hi, who are you? What's your name? Who are you? I want to know you. He's a friendly guy. Friendly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I want to know now a little bit more about Ayurveda and the seasons. So this is something that I've really loved geeking out on the last few years is really noticing the seasonal shifts and how much Ayurveda has played a role in just kind of opening my eyes to that. So I want to know a little bit about from your perspective. How has that changed maybe in the way that you view the seasons? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so much. And it's so fascinating because I feel like a lot of it is very um, known. Like we, we already know, I, I don't know about you, but when I started learning more about Ayurveda, I was like, oh, I feel like I've known this for so long, but didn't know that this was actually a real thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Really. <laughs> So as we shift with the season, so right now, you know, we're, we're in this fall drier, um, you know, the weather starts to get more cold and we start to move into winter. And um, this time of year is predominantly Vata season where it gets dry, windy and cold. And um, this is when like all of those things I was talking about in New York City and the movement and the, the anxiety and the, all the shifts, like the changes. And, and it can have a huge effect on 
our mental um, health and our physical health and our emotional health. And so when we start to become aware of how we can tune into balancing the seasons, then we can start to balance our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our emotions to be in flow and um, to be in rhythm with the natural rhythms of the world. And so I think the first time I really recognized that was when I was in New York and I was eating salads because, you know, we, we, if you think about healthy foods, like for a, a mass population, it might be like, eat your vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it, period. Eat your yeah. vegetables and like eat whole foods. That might be something too, period. But there isn't really much conversation about like how you should cook your vegetables or how you should eat your foods and, and to balance what you need. And so I was eating my vegetables and um, eating them in the middle of winter as they were raw. And in that time, in that Bata time, when it's early winter, fall, we really want to explore warm oily, unctuous, grounding foods that are going to balance and um, kind of counteract the natural effects. I love to also think about this in the summertime, like when it's hot outside, probably the opposite of what we want to do is eat hot, spicy, oily foods. Like it's already hot, it's already intense. And we want to be able to honor the natural rhythm of what is happening in the world at that moment, especially where we live. So in the summertime when the sun is bright and we kind of get that festivity, like, you know, everyone wants to do something social and everyone wants to go out, but it's actually a beautiful time to rest and be sweet and be easy and calm and sweet and cool. And, um, but then it allows us to honor the natural um, occurring season. So the summer, the sun, there's like this immediate pierce in the heart, this burst in the heart that happens at that moment. And if we are eating hot, spicy foods or overexerting our energy and having this heat in addition to it of the sun, then we're totally going to drain and we're going to be exhausted and we're not going to be able to honor the season. And so it's really about being able to honor what is naturally happening. You know, in the fall, there's like, we naturally want to get cozy and wear sweaters and go have hot cocoa or spiced chives and, and be indoors. And there's this, um, this coziness that feels so comfortable so that we can honor and appreciate the transition of the season. Mm, yes. So. I love that. And I can totally relate. And I think I lost that, um, I guess for a brief period, cause I grew up on a farm. And that's where I totally, um, you know, that's the farm life. You're really in tune with the seasons because you need to be out, you know, in the field and planting and harvesting and all of that. And so I feel like I lost touch with that. And then it's just like in my bones. And, you know, since it's just kind of reawakened after, you know, in Ayurveda school, like, oh yeah, I, I know this. It's like an innate knowing. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I, um, I did my 200 hour in, um, in Mexico, actually with Katie Silcox. Oh. And, um, and when I remember when we did this, it was like summertime and, um, it was really hot outside and kind of humid, but I remember, you know, we weren't really around technology at all. And so we were pretty much waking up with the sun, 
and going to sleep with, you know, like the moon early. And there was just this natural rhythm, the way we would rest in the afternoon. And there was this natural rhythm to the day. And this, this rhythm is kind of like the rhythm of a whole year. Mm. And I remember thinking that like, wow, it's so amazing to just be in this natural rhythm of the day. And then, so I live in Los Angeles and I came back to LA after that training. And I was like, whoa, we are totally trying to control the day. (laughs) You know, we're trying to control like when we wake up, wake up, when we go to bed, what we're doing in between our relationship with technology, where we need to go, our schedule, our rules, all these things lined up. And this element of flow starts to get lost because of our modern culture. Mm. And so just in the same way of like waking up with a day or having that flow with the day, there's that same cycle through the whole year. And so similarly, how do we find that flow with the whole year, with the seasons? And, and I love it because really we should be eating what's seasonal in food. I love that you grew up on a farm because it's like, yeah, this is what grows right now. This is what we should be doing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is what we should be eating. And my garden or my grandma had a huge garden and she still does, you know, and she's 93 and she's, she's like, I'm not going to plant anything this year. She says that every year now. And every Mm -hmm. year she's out there and my mom's like, nope, she went out there and planted quite a bit. Yeah. And it's just like, oh God, I have to love that. And just being able to like I have just a mini one here this year and um, like picking fresh vegetables and being able to use them and I will freeze them and tomato soup, all of that stuff like that, that really um, I think helps connect you to the seasons and into the land as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love that so much. I think the ways that I get to connect to the seasons and connect to the food that I'm eating too is mm-hmm. um I mean, we learned, we learned this together when we, we did um, sessions with like psychology of food and understanding the relationship to food is recognizing the life mm. that is in your food or like taking a moment to pause and notice the life that's in your food. Like this, especially if you're getting it seasonally and, and locally sourced, it's like, this is what's growing right now. This is the life force that is in this food right now. And this is going to go in my body and feed every cell in my tissues, everything. Yeah. And it means just that pause before you eat, which I think I know I'm still working on this personally. Cause that's my like downfall is just wanting to like sit down quick, have lunch and then, you know, move on with the rest of my day. Cause I might only have like an hour left of work without my son going to be interrupting me. And so that's where I'm like, okay, this is my time. And I know how important it is for digestion and just to like actually look at your food and pay attention to what you're doing and, you know, taste what you're eating. And I think a lot of us have lost that, especially if, you know, office jobs, because it's just so easy to, Hey, let's just not take a break so I can leave work early and just eat in front of the computer. Yes, exactly. It's kind of funny because I have had a couple of times recently where I've had to leave the house when I'm like, Oh, I have to eat before. And I have like five minutes. And this is the funniest thing. Cause I will literally sit down for five minutes and I'll be like, okay, I have to finish this food how can I do it in the most conscious way? <laughs> and I will sit there and with every bite, even though it is slightly rushed, I'm like sitting there with every bite and being like, ooh, chewing the thorough consistency. Like notice the textures and the taste. Like I try to be as conscious as possible. Or if, you know, let's say I have to be somewhere and I'm like, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to, um, 
you know, I didn't have a second to eat my food. So I have to do it with my driving. I'm not saying I do this all the time, but every once in a while it happens and I'm in the car and I'm eating this food and I'm driving and I'm like, okay, consciously, what am I tasting? (laughs) What am I experiencing? Where is the life in this food? And it makes a huge difference. And I would recommend to anyone, if that's what you start with, before you can have the space to sit down and enjoy your meal without distraction, start doing that. Mm. Yes. If you're on the go or if you're sitting in front of the computer and it's so funny because I will, I will sit down and notice that if I like, sometimes I'll have a book and I'll be like, Oh, maybe I'll read a little when I'm eating. And then I, I can't focus on both. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Now it's hard for me to focus on like eating and doing something else. I either will do something else or I'll eat. And so I'm like, well, I should just put everything away because clearly I can't do it together, which was not something I would say years ago, a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, I bet you could still do it now, but you're not going to be able to be present for both of them. And just that realization. It's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because I actually feel like I, it's really hard to eat. Yeah. I can't eat. (laughs) Like I'll start reading and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I was eating. Okay. And then I'll eat and then I'll look at the book and I'll be like, oh wait, no, I can't. (laughs) Like I I can't, I like physically can't do it anymore. (laughs) That's awesome. And I mean, that is something that like for me, because sometimes I am having my, so I um, usually in the mornings, I will be at the treadmill and I'll be having a perfect bar for breakfast because I get up so early and I'm training clients. And so I like the ideas that you were giving about just like even noticing the texture of it or maybe like finishing my own workout five minutes early so I can like take five minutes just to eat that bar Mm -hmm. and just do the best that I can. And so I think that's great advice for people who might be like, yeah, I just, I can't get there quite yet. I would love to, but that's a great starting point. Yeah. And it really is about retraining our relationship and our patterns that we have, because I think this is, this is one of the biggest things I've learned through studying Ayurveda is that you can tell somebody, okay, this is a habit you need to break now. And, um, it, it, more times than not, it, it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like reach it, The process is retraining the brain to understand uh, how we can really think of this as something that is a possibility. And that happens through the smallest little steps. And one of them might be just like noticing your senses when you start eating and that might be it. And, um, you know, I think we have a culture that's very ambitious. And so we see like, okay, weight loss program, let's do it, you know? And as much as like, for some of us, we're going to follow through with all of those things. But for a lot of us, it, it works for a time being and then it, it stops working. Yes. How did that happen? Why did, why did I gain the weight back? Or why did I, why am I getting stressed out again? Why is this happening? But we're constantly in flux. And a lot of it has to do with retraining the way that we function. Yes. Yeah. And that takes time. I mean, that's something that's not like a quick fix. It's going to be you know, this can take up to, I mean, a year or two even, cause you're going to have a couple step forwards, couple step backwards, yeah. forwards, backwards. Cause that usually always happens. Exactly. Um, and I've had that many times where I had someone, she said, um, what's your record for how much weight someone lost in one month? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, 
I, I told her, I'm like one to two pounds a week is, you know, what's usually safe. And she's like, okay, that's all right. There's four weeks. Okay. We're going to do it. I'm like, we're going to do eight pounds. She's like, I think so. I'm like, okay. So she did. And I told her she was going to have to be perfect spot on. And then at the end of the month, I said, wow, I'm, I'm, wow. I can't believe you did that. And she was like, I don't think I could do that again. And I was like, yeah. why? And she was like, it's, that's not sustainable. You were right. Like it's yeah. too hard. Cause I told her, I'm like, you're going to have to be spot on perfect. Every workout has to be in. You're really going to have to the entire month, watch every morsel you're putting in your mouth and make sure you're moving on top of your workouts. Like you need to get walks in and you're going to have to get sleep. And then at the end of the month, she was like, oh my gosh, that was so much. I'm like, I know that's why it's to have that perfection. It's it's not plausible for, you know, long-term success. Yeah. And it's not healthy and it's not fun. I mean, no. I think about this all the time that our health is kind of like, especially in this culture becomes such an ideal. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be healthy so we can live long lives, but at, at the cost of what? Yes. <laughs> I, and I'm not saying like, you know, at the cost of what it is. Yeah. You want to be healthy, but uh, starting to approach it in a way that is um, sustainable is the most important thing. You know, they say Ayurveda is not something that's a quick fix because we're creating something that is uh, sustainable. We're not creating a quick fix at all. Yes. yes. And that's why it takes time. And so that's why I can see, you know, that's why the appeal of the diet, because it is like, okay, great. But then you're like, quickly learn. I can't keep going at that pace. It's just... It's not fun. It's not a fun life. Yeah. I've never been a diet person. <laughs> I haven't either. I mean, I grew up seeing diets. And so that's why I was like, this doesn't look fun. Like everyone who yeah. was on one, no one could stick with it. And everyone would like have success and then instantly gain back weight and then be like more miserable. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like a great idea. And so I just grew up being like, I'm not going to not going to go that route. Yeah. I, um, I grew up as like a pretty overweight kid and, um, my parents would always put me on like, you know, meal suppressing or <sighs> meal suppressants or like shakes. Or oh. I remember having these, this like orange shake that was like a meal, oh. like a hunger suppressant. And I remember having these little like chocolate and vanilla wafer like tablets <laughs> oh my goodness like these were the things that I oh. took and then I remember having like oh, oh my gosh what was it called slim fast oh yeah it's in the little cans drink slim fast oh, gosh. at school and at school I, oh yeah I know <laughs> I actually feel very fortunate because I did have a lot of these things happen when I was a kid but my parents were very they were very supportive and they were very, um, they instilled a lot of love and self-esteem. And so I, you know, it's very odd, but I never really, um, I, I never really like had that limiting belief about my body, which is very yeah. odd. Cause I'm like, I used to do all these things when I was like 10 years yeah. old. Wow. And then, oh no, I don't, I don't want to do that for my kid or anything like that. But, um, oh. Then when I got um, a little bit older, when I was in high school, I decided to do Jenny Craig. <laughs> I know, right? It's all the things. Oh it's my so, goodness. This is my story. Welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so I did Jenny Craig, which I do have to say really um, was the first time I became aware of what was going into my body. Um, and that was what the benefit was and understanding portions and things like that. But like everything I ate was microwaved <laughs> or packaged. 
And I, I did lose weight. I lost about 20 pounds off of that. And it was just kind of like the weight, I guess I needed to. And, um, over time it was just a lot more awareness of where I could be healthy and, you know, superfoods, you know, all the trends and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I really started understanding Ayurveda that I was like, Oh, there is a flow to this. And, you know, we talk about Ayurveda is that when, when our digestive system and when our Agni is on point and balanced and we have good digestive fire, we can absorb the food, the nutrients from the food that we ingest. And a lot of times that is not like, you know, talking about when my, I was having gas and constipation and loose stools and heartburn and acid reflux, like having all of these issues regularly, like every, after every single meal, it wasn't like, Oh, maybe one day this week, it was every single meal. And, um, my body wasn't absorbing the foods properly. And my body wasn't able to take in what I needed. And I know that especially with weight, it can be a lot of um, how we are absorbing the food and also the amount of stress surrounding it. Yes. Because Ugh. when we're in that stressful state and we're in like that fight or flight, we want to protect, we want to save our food for later when we might need to survive off of it. And our culture creates this rhythm that is constantly in that state. And so we get to be um, conscious discoverers mm-hmm. <laughs> and understand where we can come into that place of softening and listening and reducing oh. that stress and allowing our bodies to do what they need to do. I love that. And what are some of the practices that you have maybe to like help shift your emotional and physical body? Mm, That's a good question. Um, So something that I, I really love is doing practices that really calm my nervous system. And uh, we've learned this together too, but we use a lot of uh, bone awareness meditations. Just anytime you're really um, recognizing where the relationship of your body in relationship to the room gives you a sense of safety. You know, it's it's okay. Where is my body? Where are the walls in this room? I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And the words of um, somebody who has a vata and balance that, like, oh, am I safe? Am I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Is I feel safe. I feel safe. What makes me feel safe for noticing your senses and your surroundings? Like what is around me? What is right here right now? Not tomorrow, not an hour from now, not yesterday, but what is right here right now? And what is my current relationship to the environment that I'm in? And am I safe? Because the brain will believe whatever you want it to believe. So if we feel like we're unsafe, the whole body is going to act in a way that is like you are not safe. Hmm. Why the brain does this? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have developed uh, the ability to create so much in this life. But um, yeah, the brain will believe and react upon whatever you think. Hmm. So if you're thinking okay, what, what is my safety? What is my environment? What is, 
how can I be still and how can I be present? How can I be in this moment? What are the trees like? This is why I love my hot water in the, in the morning and looking at the trees or looking at a piece of nature outside because it brings me into this moment of, oh, this is current. Mm. This is right now. This isn't my list of to-dos. This isn't where I need to be or what I need to do or my responsibilities. No, this is just me as an animal, as a creature that is living in this moment. Mm. And, and the more that we start to shift that awareness, the more it starts to come in every cell of our bodies. Yes. And I know, um, I know for you, like we had had this discussion too about like just social media and I mean, how easy that pulls us away from what's going on in the moment. And I know you've been on a little bit of a social media break. How has, how have you noticed like anything that's changed for you? Anything that's shifted from just taking a little time off? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you, you went on a break a while, like a little while ago. Yes. Yes. You were actually, um, you were such a, a great, um, influence on making that choice. And thank Mm. you for that. Yeah. Um, but no, what I noticed, first of all, I, I remember I was like, oh, I felt like nauseous before I, <laughs> I was like posting a post saying I was going offline. And, you know, especially for us, we use our, our, our online profiles for business and connecting with people. So it was like, oh my God, what, what's going to happen? Are people <laughs> not going to know who I am? Is this, you know, like what's going to happen? And um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to post it. Ah! <laughs> and I did. And, and once I did, it was almost like, whew, like, oh, okay, mm. I can breathe for a sec. And I noticed within an hour of deleting the apps on my phone, I probably went in on my phone to check Instagram mm. like five or six times. Uh-huh. And I noticed that I had so much of a habit of looking. And I, there's a podcast I was listening to recently that, oh, I can't remember the name, but it was about our relationship with technology and our relationships with our phones. Mm. So like even just having your phone on a table, it, it does not, it pulls us away of, okay, I know I'm right here right now with you in this, in this, um, you know, we're getting tea or whatever, but I'm constantly going to be pulled away from what is on my phone because our brain naturally wants to connect to tribe. So for example, if your phone buzzes or you have an alert, the brain has not evolved to understand what is more important to look at the tribe on your internet or the tribe that's right in front of you. So there's no way to decipher what's more important. So even if we don't check it, we're still going to be thinking, oh my gosh, I wonder what what this tribe is doing. I need to be drawn to community. Mm. So it's really interesting because getting offline in that way has really supported me to notice what I value, the relationships that I value, understanding the connections with people and the value of those connections and, um, and really spending time to be very present because even in on social media and on the Instagram, I was always kind of focused on, okay, what am I going to 
share later? What am I going to share today? What am I, you know, should I share what I'm doing on my story? Should I, you know, so even if it, I think it can be very um, conscious, Mm -hmm. but that has to be a relationship that is healthy and good. And at the moment I was like, I don't know if this is a great relationship (laughs) right now. And I'm going to take a break and see what happens. And maybe I'll come back and have a more um, conscious awareness of how I spend my time here. So I think there's a beautiful way to connect online and we have learned so many new things, but most importantly, what are we pulling ourselves away from? And especially the people right in front of us and the food right in front of us and the nature that's right in front of us. You know, we have our senses to experience everything fully that is surrounding us. And when we constantly pull ourselves away, it creates a disconnect that ultimately causes a feeling of not feeling safe or grounded or um, not having that stable ground. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I know I can totally relate and everything that you said about grabbing the phone. And I think this is a great experiment for anyone if they want to try is maybe delete off those apps that you constantly open or you maybe not you probably don't even realize that you constantly are doing that. I had you know? no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you just grab your phone and it's just like, I mean, I did that when I first deleted it and it was like, I'm just like in line, grab my phone. And then I just would push the, there's nothing there anymore. You know, the button's gone. I'm like, yeah, the button's gone. Oh my gosh. Like what? <laughs> like I did not, was totally not conscious of this. It was just like, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, let's just sit here. Let's just let's be in line. Let's chat with other people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it took me maybe like a couple days to stop doing that. Yes. But for the first few days, I was like constantly checking. Yes. I was like, oh, right. It's not here. Oh, right. It's not here. But it's like habitual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the habits that we create and, and it takes time to move through those habits. Yes. And then I find for myself, like I'm in a better spot with it. I think now after my break, but my break was almost a year ago now. And, um, I can feel the urge like coming back to like, okay, I need another break. And I feel like I'm at a better spot with it because I can recognize those feelings and that kind of discomfort a little bit easier than I could before. Like, I didn't even know that it was that big of an issue until I took the break. And I was like, holy moly, I'm like missing out on just so much because I'm just, I, I also like you was thinking about, should I share this? Should I post this? Like, okay, I haven't posted in a few days. I should share something. Mm-hmm. And it's just that constant, like you're in your head and you're just like, you're missing out on the things around you. You could be just relaxing. You could be having, let it just being and letting ideas come to you rather than just sitting there trying to force things and exactly. nothing works well when that happens. Yes. Or create a content calendar. Oh no, no, no. I've tried doing that so many times and I'm like, I'm going to talk about digestion and then I'm going to talk about emotions. And every time I was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yep. Yep. I've done the same. I've created so many and I'm like, uh, no, save it for later. And then I just have all these like stored things I've never shared because I was just like, it's just not, I mean, it's not the right time. It's not no. inspiring no. to me right now. Yes. Yes. Or you're like, wait, that story's dated now. Cause I'm already moved past that way right. past that. And I've already talked about it in stories and then it doesn't match. And you just, you overthink things and you're like, oh my gosh, this yes. is just, and that's a needed. good time to take a break. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, but I think there's, you know, it's, it's so cool because we can connect with so many people, but yes. I mean, for anyone, it's, it's, what is my relationship to 
how I can be most present with myself. And is this pulling me away from being present with myself? Mm, yes. So um, I guess last few questions. And if people are like, oh my gosh, I want more Malia, where can they find you and where can they work with you? Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website, www.maliawright.com. Um, and if you do decide to check me out on Instagram, all of my history is there. <laughs> <laughs> You can really geek out about everything I've ever posted. Um, but that's Malia E. Wright. And E is for Elizabeth. And, um, but yeah, so uh, if you wanted to connect with me, you can do that via my website. And um, I do most of my work online. I'm based in Los Angeles. So if anyone was out here and wanted to connect out here to meet in person, we could definitely do that. But I teach uh, workshops and retreats and do online programs that mostly focus on, I love it because like everyone does like their own thing. And I really love to focus on, you know, the retraining the brain, nourishing the body and recognizing how we can break down the barriers and come back to our truth and authentic self. So um, I really do a lot of uh, transformation coaching there. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. So final question for you. Yes. I like to give out a weekly challenge to all the listeners. And then when I have guests on, I have you throw out a little weekly challenge to everyone. Oh, so what it. would you like it to be? I think that before you eat your next meal and maybe for the next few days to come, um, start to notice what you see. What does it look like? What is the, what are the colors? What is glistening? What is catching your eye? What does it smell like? Maybe if you can feel it or when you're cooking, what does it feel like? Um, what are the sounds of it? And then maybe when you're eating, what are the sounds and what does it taste like? Just use the five senses and experience your food completely. And you can start to let that play around with just pausing in the middle of the day and noticing your senses. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you smell? And what do you feel? Just taking that little moment. That challenge. sounds perfect. I love it. That's a great challenge. I love it. Yes. I love the five I senses. I that challenge right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love working with the five senses. So that's a great way to do it. Yes. Oh. Well, thank exactly. you so much, Malia. It's been such a pleasure thank having you. you on. It was so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And I'll have to have you back on again because I like got through like probably a fourth of the questions I had written down that I wanted yeah. to talk about. <laughs> so I have like so many more. We'll continue. <laughs> yes. Oh, so thank you so thank much. You. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. <laughs>